Electronic Specifier. Earlier this week, NI launched an ambitious corporate impact strategy to make good on their new company identity and its promise to engineer ambitiously. In a drive to make the company and its impact on the world more diverse, equitable and inclusive, NI is committing to 15 goals. These include, by 2030, NI will aim for 50% of its global workforce and people managers to be women. The company will invest $3.4 million globally over the next four years in STEM education initiatives that serve underrepresented or economically disadvantaged students. By 2030, NI's goal is for 16% of its suppliers to be small or diverse businesses, and it will look to achieve zero waste at NI-owned buildings and reduce waste at leased facilities. Electronic Specifier discussed this strategy with Tabitha Upshaw, Head of Corporate Impact, and Shelley Gretlein, Vice President of Brand and Communications Global Marketing at NI. All right, there were a number of uh, initiatives uh, that I've seen. So maybe if we took them uh, uh, one by one. Um, and the first one is obviously about encouraging women and ensuring women get into more senior positions. And so I'm just wondering what sort of initiatives you've got to underpin that. I mean, I know there are things like um, you know, childbirth support, if you like, and, you know, helping with child and care balance. But I guess there are other issues as well that will help to move this initiative forward so if you could just maybe if we could just kick off there that would be great yeah absolutely i mean it it really starts off with um looking at the data right so to really understand what that path is and where we currently are and then we're doing a lot of work right now uh just with unconscious bias Um, to really understand how our systems are set up from how we're, you know, how we look at promotions, um, the pathways that we have. Um, So we're still, well, we we definitely have those programs. Um, We're really trying to do a lot of root cause and discovery uh, to understand, is there anything that might be getting in our way? of uh, promoting women or people of color. And so I would say we're still, um, there's so much opportunity there, right? Just to really understand. And then you also have to look at this by region as well. So Hungary is going to have uh, different opportunities and challenges than say uh, Malaysia or even in the US. And so that's really where we're starting at is to, to take a really deep look at where we currently are, and then using that to inform any additional programs and initiatives that we need to implement. Could I add something, Nick? Yeah, sure. Um, One thing I'd love to add, and you probably noticed this when you see our corporate impact plan, these strategies are are super intertwined and and very complementary. So um, while you're both discussing the idea of, you know, as a company, as, as a business, what can we do to help the diversity at the leadership level? We also have to go all the way back to the pipeline. Right. And I can speak from experience, right, in in engineering school and growing up, there wasn't a lot of other students that looked like me. And that's what I was exposed to, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was different. I didn't have the role models. And so um, Tabitha and the team have done a wonderful job of saying, okay, here's what we can do today. We also need to start looking at that future pipeline to make sure the students that are interested in engineering and science 
um, are also seeing role models, models that look like them throughout the world. And these things have to go hand in hand because we can do all the things we want as a business to remove bias and provide those opportunities. But if the talent's not coming, we can't change the needle, right? We can't really change the face of STEM, which is a key initiative with this work. So I'm just, I'm really blown away by how complementary and again, intertwined these strategies are. They aren't standalone. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but just going back to your point, Tether, about unconscious bias, I guess, you know, a lot of this has to come from the, the top. So uh, are you initiating things like unconscious bias training for managers yes. so they recognize, you know, uh, some, you know, somewhere at the back of their mind, there is a bias that they didn't as was there maybe and bringing that out. So what, what sort of things are you doing in, in that respect to, to train people? To, to, to yeah, understand? so I'm super excited. Um, our HR team has initiated, it's a, it's a year-long training, um, a, real, a year-long journey. Um, and it's, it's about unconscious bias and it's also about inclusivity, um, which is really you know, a key enabler of this as well mm -hmm. because um, you know, we can, we can change the pipeline, we can recruit more women, we can look at our systems, but we also, it's so important that um, people feel included, right? Or else we're just gonna have a leaky, funnel, uh, a leaky funnel, if you will. And so um, we've just started this. And so we've rolled it out to the leaders. And so every month our leaders will have different conversations mm -hmm. um, about psychological safety and um, the things that we could be doing, um, you know, un, uh, that unconscious or unknowing bias that we have. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I've, I've never seen this at any company that I've, I've personally worked for. Mm -hmm. And it just makes me incredibly proud mm -hmm. that we're willing to put this kind of investment um, in our, our people and our leaders. Um, and then also uh, I've seen just the willingness, uh, the receptivity of our leaders to do this as well. Mm -hmm. um, there's a recognition that you know, we don't have all this figured out. And some of this can be a little scary, particularly when we were talking about unconscious bias, right? Cause it's yeah. like, you don't even know what you don't know. Yeah. Um, and, so, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then it's kind of scary once you realize what you don't know um, and how you can do things differently. And so um, I just say our, our people in our culture and the recep receptivity of that. Um, and then the tops down, uh, leadership of uh, and support of implementing this uh, is just really something very special. Okay. I guess one of the things as well is that you, you know, some people might feel a bit threatened by this. So you have to overcome that obstacle as well. And I'll, I'll, you know, I'd say, I'll be honest, the best boss I've ever had was, was a woman. She was absolutely fantastic, but I knew other people who felt a bit threatened by this. So are there, is that included in this kind of psychological, if you like, look at how people think? Absolutely, it is, and um, and it's really uh, it, that is part of the training uh, is to really um, you know talk about it's when we think about this is sometimes you know we're as humans we're a zero sum game uh, mm -hmm. thinking right like mm -hmm. if if for other people to get ahead then somebody has to lose. Um, and so this is really about talking about, you know, opportunity for everybody. Um, and I'll even look at our, you know, we have a, a goal around pay equity and 
this is a pay equity for everybody. Um, not just women, uh, not just people of color. It is looking at, you know, there could be uh, men who are not getting paid based on their performance or their job level or their market value. And so this is really supporting and raising everybody up um, and just making sure we all have equal opportunity. Okay. And so you started those initiatives now. Is there a time frame to start building towards a bigger percentage of, of women in senior positions or? Yeah, so we, we've set uh, 10 year goals. And so mm -hmm. uh, uh, one of our goals, and we're, we're considering these moonshot goals. So these are incredibly ambitious goals. Uh, we, we fully understand that. Um, so our 10 year goal is that 50% of our uh, workforce be women mm -hmm. and 50% of those are leaders. Okay. And then yep. uh, our, our second goal is that 50% um, of our US workforce are people of color, mm -hmm. or excuse me, 40%. And then we've got a specific uh, targets around uh, black and Latinx. Mm -hmm. And so uh, really the spirit of that is um, that our representation matches that of the communities where we operate, okay. right? So, uh -huh. so really our, our representation should reflect that of society. And so um, where I was going with that to answer your question is, so we need to know year by year what those targets should be. And mm -hmm. so we do have some internal targets to hold ourselves accountable mm -hmm. um, of how we uh, get, to, get to that 10-year target. Okay, okay. And, and again, I guess, uh, similar to, to the initiative with women, the initiative on BAME, BAMEs, um, you know, I, I kind of, uh, I follow the NFL over here, and I know they have a thing called the Rooney Rule, which, um, you know, is uh, for, for teams to, to hire BAME coaches, which I'm not sure it's working that well at the moment. So I guess is there the same thing there with the unconscious bias comes in? which is completely wrong, obviously, but it does seem to me sometimes to kick in. Absolutely. Again, well, what I was coming back to was, you know, this unconscious bias. And I just, I just use the NFL as possibly mm -hmm. not a very good example, but it's there. And how that works within NI to make sure that you don't have, again, that unconscious bias when somebody sits down in front of you and um, yeah, they're not white Caucasian, bluntly. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we're, we're changing um, some of our recruitment systems mm -hmm. um, to, you know, make sure that we're uh, eliminating uh, bias in, in the recruitment system. Um, we're opening our aperture in terms of the universities that we work with. Mm -hmm. um, we, we really want these moonshot goals to activate our ecosystem, really, and to um, inspire them. And so we realize one company alone, uh, we're, we're not going to change the STEM pipeline by ourselves, right? Like this is truly, um, we all must come together to work towards this, right? Okay. And, yeah. and to tackle, I mean, these are systemic issues, right? Like uh, unconscious bias is absolutely systemic. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, this is, we're, we're kind of dissecting as I was going earlier, right? Like we are looking at, um, you know, every phase of our recruitment and what can we do differently? How can we take unconscious bias out of this? Um, the same thing, as I mentioned uh, earlier, 
uh, universities and things like that. It's just like, how do we, how do we look at this differently, right? The, uh, the STEM pipeline hasn't changed in 20 years. Mm -hmm. So that means the current systems and processes that we have in thinking that we have in place today, mm -hmm. um, we fundamentally have to do it differently. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what does that look like? And so we don't think we have all the answers, uh, but we do wanna work together with universities and um, you know, well into in NGOs, well into the STEM pipeline to, to figure this out. It's so important. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, just two comments there, Nick. Yeah, sure. Yeah, w one comment on um, that I, I would love to make sure that your um, followers here, right, is, is I heard an, an invite from Tabitha, right? We can't do this as one company. So mm -hmm. what are other businesses that have similar goals and aspirations and how can we join together? Again, we don't have all those answers, but we know it's going to take a lot of us um, in, in doing this well and, and making this um, making this something we actually want to change, not just a, a nice to have. Um, and the second piece, we're talking a lot about recruiting um, and interviewing, but we also have to think about Again, not only before the pipeline, but then after. We may do a great job getting this talent in because we know how to interview and recruit. And then if you get um, a, a person of color, you get a woman in a leadership position, and then they don't feel supported at work every day, um, that's not gonna work either because then they leave. So there's also some really great, again, data um, and, and, and studies and examples of employee resource groups, of mm -hmm. building so that once you've got the talent there, they're able to grow and nurture um, and then find other communities where they fit in, where they feel belonging. Mm -hmm. And so we can't just look at one piece, right? It's the mm -hmm. pipeline, it's the recruiting, it's the, it's removing the bias, and then it's making sure you're, you're nurturing and growing and investing in those people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On, on, uh, and I guess some of this feeds in with uh, STEM as well, in terms of what you're doing there. So can you can you just give a broader overview of how that's going to work in terms of working, I guess, with colleges, schools, universities? We have a couple of things. So from um, a giving standpoint or philanthropy, uh, we're announcing a $3.4 million uh, commitment to diversifying the STEM pipeline. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we're announcing um, a, a couple of U.S. recipients as the first grant recipients, um, Project Lead the Way and Code to College, um, who are focused on helping to diversify the STEM pipeline and really um, attract more girls and people of color, um, particularly in the hardware and software engineering fields. Um, and so that's, so our, our giving will really help, you know, bolster uh, um, the, the STEM pipeline. Again, we invite more other people to do this and other organizations to do this, right? So $3.4 million, while it's significant, especially for a company of our size, um, it's gonna take a lot more than that. Okay. Um, we, we also look at government relations, right? A lot of this is policy driven. Um, so how do we work with, you know, I'll, I'll think about locally, right? Like our uh, local school systems, and then, you know, Texas policy, U.S. policy, there's so many things that we can do. I mean, still sports are prioritized over, you know, STEM or just education in, uh, in general, right? And so there's just things that we need to rethink there. Um, and then also, um, you know, we think about uh, universities, as you were, you were talking about. And so it's, what are they doing not only to recruit, but support uh, girls and people of color um, at the university, right? Mm -hmm. And so, 
you know, there's just there's just so much work to be done. And then also, I'd like to talk about just identity. So Shelly talked about this earlier, and um, it's really where girls and people of color see themselves as uh, an, an engineer. And I think particularly the hardware engineering, um, there's a specific persona to that, right? Um, and it's kind of, you know, you think about it as really a left-brained, um, you know, ca hard calculations, right? You know, your pocket protecting, <laughs> you know, the guy with the pocket protector. And, you know, we're, even as a company and as a brand, we're trying to change that, right? We're trying to humanize engineering. Um, we're trying to tell the stories, like how engineering can really change the world from a societal perspective. So um, you'll see in even some of our branded content about the Berlin heart uh, and how, you know, it's, it's engineers that are behind this life-saving technology. And so, um, and we're working with some nonprofit organizations. And so even when you think about projects and curriculum, um, okay, is this project about robots? And don't get me wrong, we love the robots. We love FIRST and we support the robots. But, you know, how can you uh, change your curriculum and your projects to be, have a more um, social impact? And so those things are more attractive to girls and people of color. And so, again, we've got to tackle it um, on so many fronts. And so. Okay. You, you mentioned um, talking about uh, um, local talk to the local government. I mean, is there an advocacy policy here where you work you know, you're, you're based in Austin in Texas, where you can work with the local authorities there to try and one, obviously encourage more uh, women and BAME people to, to get into engineering, but also support those schools that are doing that. I read somewhere that many, um, not to be fair, just women and BAME, but most engineering students are get into it via maybe an inspirational teacher or somebody mm -hmm. like that. Somebody mm -hmm. absolutely think, wow, you know, this is where I want to be. And I, I'd like to hear how NI maybe starts to infiltrate that and help that, that sort of enthusiasm bubble in, in, well, locally, as well as obviously outside Austin. So uh, lots of work to do there. We're hiring a government relations person uh, starts on February 1st. And mm -hmm. so um, we've already started to have conversations even though he doesn't work here yet. So really looking for this, um, you know, this impact strategy to inform our, our government relations. I've already got lots of ideas <laughs> just mm -hmm. after talking to a lot of um, nonprofits and NGOs locally. Um, so I think, you know, so much work to be done there, but it will absolutely be part of our, um, of our broader strategy that will okay. enable us. I'm, 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 One example, Mick, yeah, just sure, an example right. that I think can mm -hmm. scale. Um, so University of Texas, we're fortunate to have that right here in Austin, right? Um, mm -hmm. With some really talented engineering programs, but every year they host um, um, an event that'll be virtual this year, but introduce a girl to engineering. And it's a way to bring in young girls. I think the it's fourth grade through sixth grade, I think is the target type of thing you might know. But mm -hmm. um, basically the goal here is to exactly go against those stereotypes, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, these aren't nerdy, boring classes. When you think about engineering, it's all hands-on. Um, the, the girls come in and they, and they get to see other women that are professional engineers working with them and they build aerodynamic airplanes, right? They build the robots, um, they do the programming, they do the mechanical engineering and the computer science. 
and they go room to room. And this is sponsored by companies like NI, um, other tech companies in town. And you're really starting to try to break down some of those perceptions in these young girls so that as they're in middle school, which the data shows is some of the most formative years okay. for girls either leaving STEM because it's all academic and it's not interesting mm -hmm. versus it's hands-on, I'm building, I'm seeing, I'm being creative um, and, and it's steering them towards at least, you know what, stay in that advanced math class. It's gonna open doors for you even if you don't pursue that career. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just one example that scales across universities in Europe, in Asia, that, that's a really, really great program. And we can, again, it's not just us alone. We're partnering with the university and all these other tech companies. And there, there's so much power in that. Will NIP, will NIP people go into the universities and the schools and, and help this process? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> go ahead, Tapta, sorry. Yeah, emphatically. Um, the, our, our culture is just such a, um, everybody's just ready to help, right? So we've been doing, we, you know, we've worked with FIRST for over 13 years and have, um, we're, we're widely recognized for the amount of volunteers that we have. Um, and so, uh, but it's the same, you know, we're expanding our partnerships with Code to Col College Project Lead the Way. We've got in Malaysia, we're working with USM and a lot of universities. And so um, we are absolutely, uh, already have a strong um, volunteering program, but we're setting specific goals as part of the strategy, um, both from how much we focus on STEM uh, volunteering specifically, as well as just broad um, volunteering, either being you know traditional kind of hands-on types of volunteering. Um, so we're really hoping to um, unleash our volunteers uh, even more but we have such strong support from, from the top. So we're about to have our very first um, high school interns uh, that right. are coming. Yeah, so um, yeah, again, we're trying to reach well down into the, in, into the STEM pipeline. Would you also look at schools, if you like, in, in the poorer neighborhoods? Because that's one area that does suffer. Yeah. Yeah, we found that in the UK as well. That, it's, the teaching maybe yes. is not quite as good as it should be. So getting into those schools and inspiring kids with talent, which might otherwise go untapped, seems to me very important. Yes, absolutely. So you'll see um, in our goals, it's um, we stay either underrepresented uh, as well as economically disadvantaged. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, in the U.S. and uh, maybe in the U.K., I mean, that's it's, it's largely on racial lines as well, right? So yep. not, obviously not every um, person of color is economically disadvantaged, of course, but um, unfortunately there is, you know, yep. you know quite, quite a, mm -hmm. a disparity there. And so, um, yes, absolutely economically disadvantaged. And then um, there's even wraparound services that you have to think of there, right? And just in terms of support and, um, one of the focus areas uh, for us is, okay, we want a lot of our work to be centered around the schools, right? So we wanna go to where the students are and work with the organizations who are going to the students, which again is either after school or during school, um, because you know it's a, a mother who's working two jobs and expecting her to get her child mm -hmm. um, to these, you know, different places, right? We can't do that. It's like, how do we make this as easy as possible mm -hmm. um, to, to support these kids? Just covering two other things, 16% 60, of companies you do business with, small to medium-sized enterprises, 
how are you going about that? Are you looking out there, identifying companies, uh, inviting them to come and see you, uh, encouraging them if they're not quite there in terms of some of their some of their initiatives? How's that working? So the, the first thing that we're doing is um, going to where they are. So there's um, you know a lot of places and kind of support. Um, uh, uh, like associations and things like that um, to active in events to actively recruit uh, small and diverse businesses. It's working with um, small and uh, like chambers of commerce, local chambers of commerce, like black and um, Latinx chambers of commerce. And so, um, and then, uh, and really just educating the organization, right? Training and education, uh, training and educating the organizations, um, just setting policy of like, you know, have we, you know, when we put an RFP out, just even understanding what the diversity is mm -hmm. um, of the companies that we're, that we're looking at. Right. I guess it's a question of not, it's too easy to go to the bigger company with the, if you like, the bigger clout. It's making sure you take a good broad look at, at companies and, and yeah, maybe find a nugget in there that wouldn't come out otherwise. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Right, on zero waste, what sort of initiatives uh, are we looking at there? I, I mean, there's a whole host of issues around zero waste. So I'm just wondering <laughs> from reuse, recycle, food waste. So how, how are you going about that? Yeah, so a lot of this is looking for opportunity to keep these resources working in the economy, mm -hmm. right? And so um, even thinking about, okay, what, you know, we're, about to reno um, quite a bit of Austin's um, facilities or at least the inside and it's like looking at every material and figuring out like where what's another either a waste stream or mm -hmm. a stream to keep this working um, like office equipment and things like that to keep it working in the in the environment so it's really kind of looking at what those partnerships are and where they are and then it's simple, but it's hard looking at food waste, right? Um, and just making sure, particularly for us Americans, um, that we're sorting our waste correctly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, from composting and recycling and things like that. And so really actually is in the US. I'll say Hungary and Malaysia are a little more advanced than we are, quite frankly. So a lot of this education, um, we're super excited about this goal because again, I'll keep going back to NI and our, and our people's just excitement to lend a helping hand. And so we'll educate folks and we're really hoping to unleash a lot of creativity and innovation within the company, within these goals. And so Amy and Shelly have heard this a million times from me, but this is really about our employees coming to us with ideas, mm -hmm. right? So this isn't, we don't want to set up a hotline of, you know, Tabitha, how, you know, what can I do to support these goals? This is, we want to unleash our employees' creativity. And so it's like, okay, guys, we have this goal. You know your job better than I do. What can you do differently um, to support a zero waste goal or some of the other goals? So we look at zero waste as an opportunity to engage our employees in this effort so everybody can be a part of it. And there are bigger issues, aren't there? I think, you know, things like power, the amount of power you use and whether that's absolutely necessary um, would, would be would be certainly one of them. And I guess the other thing is just recycling equipment, whether that be 
it, you know, it goes to a recycling plant or whether you can donate equipment to schools and universities if, if it's feasible. Yes. And that's one of the key components of our, our strategy as well. And so it's it's that it's the NI equipment, like the IT equipment and things like that, or even like office equipment. Um, so we've got some more extremes there going on. Um, we're looking to scale uh, those efforts. And then um, we're looking at product donations as well, like the, the products that we make, like our PXI systems and things like that. And so, um, you know, there's equipment that we've used, then um, we could then donate or even donating um, new uh, either software or hardware. And so, you know, we, Eric and I talk a lot about this, but it's, you know, NI, we don't have a huge, you know, we're a smaller company, we don't have a huge environmental footprint. We absolutely want to minimize it as much as we can. When we think about how we can impact the world, it's really, it's through our products and our customers. Mm -hmm. And so we really want to, we're, we're looking at scaling a product grant program so we can get more of our products, be it hardware, software services in the hands of more educators uh, and more emerging innovators to really do this great work and, you know, develop our, you know, EVs, renewable energy, and, you know, the list goes on and on, but we really feel like it's our product story that can make a huge difference in the world. And I guess this must resonate with some of your customers as well, who may be looking at similar policies to, to and will look on companies that echo those more favorably. Yeah, Shelley has a good example from Schlumberger, if you, if you want to share that. Yeah, it's, um, you can imagine uh, many companies, again, want to make an impact, um, again, for themselves, but they also have initiatives. And I think this is the, the ultimate win when we have shared fate. Here's what we care about as a company. Our customers care about it as well. We also tend to have um, great technologies that can help each other. So, yeah, we were in a call with Slumberger about their digital transformation initiatives. And just in kind of the social chit chat, how are you doing? How's COVID? How's working from home? Um, sustainability came up and it wasn't the point of the, of the call, right? And quickly, one, you saw this, um, this leader just, just light up um, because you're seeing how much his company is investing. We started talking about our initiatives um, and what they're building and they're very complimentary. Mm -hmm. And so we went off on a whole different initiative now of how we can help each other, again, with our products, with monitoring power, as you mentioned, right? Um, some of the software tools that can actually provide alerts with web services and we geeked out um, you know, on, on how we can really make an impact. But again, mm -hmm. it, there's a lot of neat connections there um, that, that are much deeper than just a transaction. It's not just a vendor relationship anymore. It's truly a partnership and that, that gets pretty exciting. And finally, you've set these goals and there are deadlines. Going forward, you review them consistently once every six months. How, how will you assess your progress? So we've got um, three different, uh, what we call working groups. And so um, the DEI or diversity, equity and inclusion working group, they've actually um, been around for a couple of years. And so um, we're, we're setting up dashboards, right? So, okay, we've got the 10 year goals, but then we have to have the one year goals to get to the 10 year goals. And then here are each of the components, right? There's inclusivity, there's recruitment, there's employee engagement. So then you just kind of start to break it down and break it down and break it down. Um, and, and each of them have targets. And so uh, they meet monthly to report progress and talk about how we're doing. And so the same thing, we've got two environmental working groups, one on the circular product design managed out of R&D and then one out of facilities. 
um, which has the, the, the rest of the goals or commitments on sustainability. Um, and then we've got a STEM education working group um, that we're just standing up. And so really each of those will follow that same process. Um, so there's accountability. We have an impact council. Uh, so that, and then we've got a diversity, a DEI executive council, and then our impact council uh, who uh, they're quarterly governance. So we report progress quarterly to our leadership of the councils. And then we'll do the same with Eric's team the executive leadership team, as well as the board. So we just met with the board uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, to talk about this specifically. So we've got uh, we've got governance and visibility all over the company. So um, really, you know, when I look at the environmental goals, there's still work to be done there. Mm -hmm. And so we look at this as um, so we're an agile company, or we're trying trying to be more agile. Um, and so agile is about getting your product to market and then iterating. And so uh, the environmental targets, we're gonna take a little bit more time. And so we didn't wanna hold up the strategy uh, mm -hmm. for another six months to a year to get those environmental targets in place. And so we said, okay, let's launch this. Let's get this out there. Let's start working on the diversity piece. Uh, and then we'll come back uh, in a year's time or however long it takes us uh, to set more specific like emissions targets, for example. And so um, that's the approach that we wanted to take with this. Um, and then again, I'll, I'll just really close on um, and go back to the, to the, to the diversity goals. Uh, this is really, this is gonna take so many of us uh, to work on this. And our ambition here is really, we inspire other people to set goals that are really what's needed and may not be what's obviously doable. Um, and so we really hope that this is um, a kind of a, a call to action for a collective uh, to really change the way we're thinking about this and, and really drive more innovation uh, to, change the, to change the STEM pipeline. So. Electronic specifier.